Welcome to the Fearless Vampire Podcast. I'm on a heartfelt mission through the art of conversation and storytelling to inspire women to pursue their creative entrepreneurial journey with reckless abandon. I'm your host, Taylor, a six-figure photographer and business coach based in Colorado. I'm a right-brain mompreneur to two toddler boys, devoted deep conversation holder, and your personal alpaca cuddle liaison. My hope is that you leave our time together feeling empowered and energized to build your dream life. Learn more at fearlessvampire.com. Welcome back. I am so just beyond excited for this episode because it's actually a conversation that I have had with a lot of friends about how to become an awesome decision maker. And my approach is um, gonna be pretty non-traditional and unorthodox in the way that I explain how, as a six-figure business owner for the last, um, you know, going on 10 years now that I've been a full-time wedding photographer in Colorado, how I go about making decisions. Um, So if you remember, I want to open every episode with an anchoring quote, and I love this quote by Steve Jobs, and I'm going to talk a little bit about him in the episode. So I'm going to start with this quote from him. It takes a lot of hard work to make something simple, to truly understand the underlying challenges and come up with elegant solutions. So I want to go into first and foremost, Somebody that we all know is Steve Jobs. And if for some reason you were born yesterday and you don't know who he is, Steve Jobs is the co-founder, chairman, and CEO of Apple. So chances are at least 50% of you or more are holding an Apple. You're listening to this podcast on Apple iTunes. There's a very good chance you've heard of Steve Jobs. Now, Steve Jobs was a minimalist. And I know that this word is kind of getting thrown around as this like trendy new thing, but it's definitely not. Minimalism is something that I implement in my life. It's something that I implement in my decision-making, in my business, and in my home. I mean, you'll find minimalism all over the place. Now, I don't live in a dark cave with a candle. I definitely love to decorate. Don't get me wrong. I practice minimalism in a very different way. Steve Jobs, as the co-founder and CEO of this huge, huge corporation such as Apple, knew that to show up as his best self to make these huge decisions for a company like Apple, he was going to have to practice minimalism. And he was already a minimalist. But if you see photos of Steve Jobs, he has on literally, I think in every single photo, the same black turtleneck, the same Levi jeans, the same circle glasses, and the same tennis shoes. One of the things that he did as a CEO was he eliminated the the thought process and the amount of brain calories that it took for him to decide what to wear that day. I think he was bald for like the last part of, you know, the last few decades of his life, or at least it started losing his hair. So he didn't have to think about his hairstyle. He didn't have to think about his outfit. He just got to get up in the morning, put on the same outfit he had on the day before and get to work. There was nothing flashy about Steve Jobs. So I just want to kind of set the tone with that. And I want you, because I'm going to share with you what it looks like to be 
quite frankly, a badass decision maker. And one of the ways that I do that is through minimalism. And so I just want to set the foundation there with Steve Jobs and kind of what he did as a CEO of this huge company to start making really easy decisions in a seemingly terrifying, I would never want to be the CEO of Apple, but a seemingly terrifying position. So one fact that might be mind-blowing to you, it might not, is that the average adult makes more than 35,000 decisions in a day. 35,000. And I don't even know if that includes parents who are also making decisions for their children who are too young to make their own decisions. Or if you're in a marriage, if you're having to make decisions or, or, or any relationship and partnership you're having to make decisions for that person or as a couple or with schedules. I mean, let alone if you're an entrepreneur and you have to make more decisions on a daily basis. Do I post now? Do I post later? Do I write about this? Do I write about that? Should I call this person back now or call them back in 45 minutes? Should I send this person? I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And so when I really think about it, I'm like, ooh, 35,000 decisions in a day sounds actually pretty on point. So when it comes to business and being an entrepreneur, making decisions is an outrageously isolating space. And this is why it's because you're left to make decisions by yourself. Now, maybe you're still working a corporate job. Maybe you've already quit your corporate job and you are an entrepreneur. You're starting out on your journey. Maybe you've been an entrepreneur for 10, 20 years. You can attest that it's almost easier to be in a corporate job or in a nine to five job where somebody else makes the decisions and you just follow the rules. I mean, let's be honest. That's pretty much what happens at most corporate jobs, unless you're a CEO. There's other people making the decisions and you just execute on your job in, in, in making that decision happen and bringing it to fruition. But when you become an entrepreneur, every single decision is yours and it Oof, I'll tell you, it is overwhelming and it's very isolating. Decisions such as, you know, should I buy a new camera this year, even though it's going to cost me $2,000 to $10,000 of equipment? Or should I spend that money on marketing because it would bring in more business? Do I write a book or do I write a blog post? Do I put clothes on today or do I stay in my pajamas and work? I mean, there are so many decisions and nobody's there to tell you, yes, you're making the right decision or no, you're not. So this, this is a very isolating space. And so I want to share with you how I have approached decision-making over the last 10 years as, as a business owner and the things that I have done with my husband, such as buying a 43-acre ranch in the middle of Colorado where we knew nobody, we had no friends, no family, and very flippantly decided to buy a 43-acre ranch. We got horses, although neither one of us knew anything about horses. I was 38 weeks pregnant when we pulled into our home with eight new alpacas, one llama, and nowhere to keep them. I mean, we have done a lot of things that for a lot of people seem very fearful and very intimidating, but for us, they were very easy yeses, but we've also had very easy noes. And so I do want to share with you as an entrepreneur and also just as a human being, the decisions that I have made and the ways that you can start practicing being a badass decision maker so that when the really hard things come up, it's an easy yes or an easy no. You don't have to put too much energy into it. And you can really start growing and pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone as an entrepreneur. 
One of the things that I want you to think about whenever you are starting in your journey to becoming a better decision maker, especially as an entrepreneur, is, and I'm very serious about this, writing out your values and life goals. Now, this sounds super cheesy, but when you write, when you actually take pen to paper, you activate a different part of your brain. And it's really fascinating to see what comes out. You may have experienced this if you were like me and you've had a journal since you were like four years old or a diary. I had a diary with a lock on it and kept it from my siblings because I wrote all my five-year-old deep, dark secrets in there. But writing out your life goals and values, I would consider these anchors for your life and decision-making. Now you're going to need a compass, consider it a moral compass, an anchor compass, or just a compass that points you in the right direction when you're left to make smaller decisions. But if you have this overarching list of goals and anchors and values for your life, mm, decision-making gets really easy. Now I'm going to let you in very transparently on some of the angers that we have in our family. And I say we, I talk about my husband, Mike and I, and we have two, two very young boys. They're both toddlers right now. I'm, I'm excited to share this with you. So one of the first anchors that Mike and I decided on very early on in our relationship was having location and time freedom. Now, what does this mean? For us, location freedom was living wherever we wanted to. We didn't want to have to live in the city. We didn't want to have to live in Denver because our work wasn't in Denver. Our work was actually in the mountains. And we both loved the mountains. We loved the outdoors and having land was really important to us. But not only location freedom, there's also time freedom. We didn't want to be bound to somebody else's schedule and somebody else's need to grow their business. We wanted to have the time to do what we wanted to do. I didn't want to ask for vacation days. To me, that feels so uncomfortable. I never want to ask anybody for time off. And so those were major anchors before we even got married. This is when we were dating and we really, we, we dated for two years before we got married. We would have gotten married sooner if we had had the financial means, but we decided to buy a house instead. But this has been one of the major anchors in our life. So when we think about having location and time freedom, every decision that we made was towards this goal. And so when the opportunity, and by opportunity, I mean, I mean, my boss really pissed me off at work and I was already over the corporate life. I decided to quit my corporate job and Mike and I had a conversation about it. And he said, well, what do you want to be doing in five years? What do you think that you're, or no, he said, whenever you're 30. And at the time I was 24, he said, how do you envision your life when you're 30? And I said, well, obviously I'm going to be a super successful wedding photographer. And he was like, okay, well you're 24 now and 30 is not that far off. And I was like, Ooh, you're right. And so quitting my corporate job was Don't get me wrong. It was terrifying, but it was actually a very easy decision because all I had to ask myself was, does this get us closer to having location and time freedom or does it get us further away? And that made quitting my corporate job so much easier because I knew what my life anchor was, was to have location and time freedom. So quitting my corporate job was actually really easy, even though I had $300 in my bank account, no savings, and rent was due the next week. I also had one camera body and a 50 millimeter lens. And for the photographers out there, we all know the nifty 50 is a fantastic lens, but it's also the cheapest. And so that's what I started my my business on. But it was very, it was a very easy yes to quit my corporate job. Now, 
talking about buying land, we had just bought a home. I was about 45 minutes west of Denver. A couple years earlier, it was probably about three years earlier, we had bought we had bought our first home, we had renovated it, and we were just at the end of renovating this home. And we came to Buena Vista. If, if, if you listen to my first episode, if, if you haven't yet, go listen to it. But if you listen to my first episode, Buena Vista, Colorado was the town that I moved to when I first moved to Colorado. And I was like clawing my way to Denver. But that's a different story. So we came to Buena Vista for a weekend getaway. And while we were here, we ended up very flippantly calling a realtor. And the next day, it was a Saturday, we went with the realtor to look at a couple properties. Now, mind you, we had been looking for land for quite a while, but it was always this back burner dream like, oh, we'll have land one day and we'll probably buy something and just sit on it for the next 30 years and retire it. And so we went and looked at a few properties and then we came to what is now our ranch. And it was 43 acres. And in Buena Vista, it's it's a valley and there's a lot of flat land. I mean, we have gorgeous mountains, but there's a lot of open space. But the property that we came to had so many trees. It had open meadows. It had trail systems and there were streams on the property. And if, if you're from the east, they're called streams. If you're from Colorado, they're called ditches. And so I hate calling them ditches because it sounds so not, you know, little house on the prairie-ish. And so it had streams and it was just this oasis. And we came in January. I mean, it was windy. It was cold. There was snow past our knees while we were walking on this property. And I turned to Mike and I said, this is it. This is home. The home was in shambles. It was a tragic mess. Dead mice, dog poop. I mean, plexiglass and saran wrap for windows. It was bad news bears. We ended up moving into our camper actually for six months while we renovated our now home. And we're on the trajectory to build our our dream home on these 43 acres. We're in the process of making that happen. But I'll tell you, whenever we sat down to talk about this, this home was three hours from where we were currently living. It was three hours from Denver, three hours from my family, from Mike's family, all of our friends that we had made. And when we sat down to talk about this, we had, of course, all the fears, all the thoughts. What are we doing? We just renovated this beautiful home. Why would we leave? We had literally just finished the last of the bathroom renovations. It was a a three-bedroom, two-bathroom home, just gorgeous, gorgeous home in the mountains. And we were moving to a two-bedroom, one-bathroom shack that barely passed inspection because it didn't actually have a floor. So just to paint a beautiful picture for you, we really struggled with this. We really, we, we, we knew that there was a chance that somebody else would put an offer in on this house. However, it had sat on the market for eight years, but as soon as one person's interested, you can pretty much assume that there's going to be 20 other people interested. However, once we really got to the heart of it, we said, does buying this property, does this give us location and time freedom? Is this, does this fall into one of our anchors? And as soon as we said yes, we were like, okay, well, we have to do it. We have to push our fears aside. We cannot make a fear-based decision right now. We have to make a confident decision that we are going in the right direction. And let me tell y'all, it was the best decision we've ever made. Other than quitting my corporate job and deciding to marry each other, buying these 43 acres in this the most beautiful part of Colorado was the best decision we've ever made. It has opened up doors that we never thought possible. I actually host all of my photo shoots here on our property. Now, occasionally, maybe like three times a year, I will travel for photos. However, for portrait sessions, engagement shoots and families and all that fun stuff, 
I host everything on our ranch because it's gorgeous. And so I get to offer this private ranch photo shoot experience that no other photographer is offering. It really weaved itself into areas of our life that we were not expecting. That is the first thing or one of the first anchors that I want to share with you. The second anchor that we have that really guides our decision making and my decision making is having a tight knit family unit that respects each other's uniqueness, quality time and togetherness. Now, this is a major anchor for us. I have wanted to be a mom my whole life. Mike was really excited to be a dad, but now that he's a dad, he's like, this is the best thing ever. And it's just, it's so much different than either one of us ever thought. So having kids, period, making the decision to have kids was very challenging because you're never ready. I mean, let's be honest. For anybody who has kids, you know, you're never ready. And then it happens and you're like, well, now I'm ready. I have to be ready. I have to keep this baby alive. And for people who don't yet have kids and they're not sure that they want them, rest assured that if you don't feel ready right now, you never will. And that's okay. Like it's, it's just one of those things that even if you get a dog, even if you get 10 dogs, it doesn't prepare you for being a parent. And so this fear of like, when should we start? Should we wait till we're 30? Should we wait till we're older than 30? Should we start now that we're 28? Like, when do we start? Once we kind of revisited this anchor of having a tight knit family unit that respects each other's uniqueness and like embraces quality time and togetherness, we were like, okay, let's just, let's start pursuing having kids. And again, like we could have come up with a million reasons not to have kids and a million reasons to have kids. But once we looked at our, our anchor that we had made as a couple and individually, having kids was an easy decision. Now, one of the things that has not been so easy is we want to homeschool. However, (laughs) I'm sure for any of you that are homeschooling or who have ever thought of homeschooling, there's a million and one questions and always that self-doubt of, am, am I doing the right thing by my kid? Let alone the external feedback that you get from people who don't understand why you're homeschooling, who are fearful that you're going to isolate your kids. I'm like, I'm not locking my kids in a dungeon for the next 18 years of their life, but you get a lot of feedback from people. And that was a very challenging decision to make. However, again, we looked back at our anchors and we said, does homeschooling offer us location and time freedom? Yeah, it it does actually. And does homeschooling allow us to have a tight knit family unit that respects each other's uniqueness, embraces quality time and honors togetherness? Yeah, it does actually. So sending our kids to public school, it, it just didn't feel right for us. And again, once we looked at our anchors that are really this compass for how we make decisions in our life, homeschooling turned out to be a relatively easy decision. Now, sharing it with people, and again, some people understand and think it's great, some people don't, and that's okay. That's totally fine. I, quite frankly, the people who tell me their opinion and think it's terrible, I'm like, that's totally fine. I Kudos to you for feeling that way. I don't feel that way, and that is okay. And so, again, most most parents don't get the conversation when they say, oh, we're sending her to kindergarten next year. Everybody's like, that's great. You can take a picture. Like, who's your teacher? But whenever you say you're homeschooling your kids, you get a lot of negative feedback, and that's okay. We're, we're just getting used to that, but we are confident in that decision because we know it falls under two of these anchors, actually three of them. I'm going to share the third one with you here in just a second. It actually falls under every anchor. So raising and, you know, being together as a homeschool family made a lot of sense for us. Raising our kids on land and ourselves and not with a babysitter was also 
really hard decisions that we had to make. Now, if, if, if I go back to buying this property, Mike and I were just, we had just gotten married whenever we bought our 43 acre ranch, but we knew that we wanted kids. And so whenever we came here, one of the other conversations we had was, can we raise kids on this property? We know that we want kids. Is this where we want to raise them? And we were like, yes. Like, what, what little boy or girl would not want to grow up on this property? There's water, there's trees, there's animals, there's elk, there's, you know, bobcats, mountain lions. Not that I want my kids hanging out with mountain lions, but they're here. There's like, there's, there's freedom. They can run, they can create things. We set off model rockets. Like we do things that were of value for us. So the third anchor that we have and that I have is traveling and living to our highest financial potential. Now, this sounds a little bizarre because it's like traveling and living to our highest financial potential. Traveling is so important to us. We love, we are a very traveling family, which again, homeschooling falls under this umbrella, which made homeschooling a very, you know, easy decision. What we Once we got through all the external, you know, feedback from people, traveling is super important to us. And when I say it's important, I mean, it's like really important. Like we leave for months out of the year and we actually Airbnb our home while we are traveling one, just for passive income. Cause we're like, well, we're going to be gone for six months. It'd be nice to have somebody in the house. And two, we are getting ready to build on our property. And so we wanted to have this proof of passive income that this other home can make. And so traveling and living to our highest financial potential, it's no secret that traveling is not cheap. When Mike and I were faced with looking at our debt, that we had student loan debt, business, we really didn't get into much business debt. I'll, I'll be totally transparent. We've, we've never spent money that we didn't have for our business. But nevertheless, that's neither here nor there. Whenever we kind of started thinking about what our financial goals were going to be, we really wanted to be out of debt. And this was terrifying because we were nearly $70,000 in student loan debt. And we said, is paying off this debt going to allow us to travel and live to our highest financial potential? Yeah, duh. So we decided to pay off our student loan debt. Now we started small. We actually started by paying off my car, which I think I owed probably $8,000 on one year. And then the next year we decided to pay off our student loan debt. And I I will not lie, this was a very challenging task that we brought onto ourselves because we weren't making a killing at the time. I mean, that was 70,000, even today is a lot of money to pay for a degree that I'm never gonna use. And for Mike to pay for a degree that he's never gonna use. We both moved into entrepreneurship. We're not really using the degrees that we got, but we knew that if we could buckle down and pay off our student loans, that we were going to be able to travel and live to our highest financial potential. And so that was an easy decision, buckling down. And then every financial decision that we made was under the umbrella of under the umbrella of paying off our student debt. So do we eat out? No. However, if we do want to eat out once a month, we're going to split a meal because neither one of us has a huge appetite and it's going to cut the bill in half. And to this day, Mike and I still split meals. It's been, we've been together almost 10 years now. It'd be 10 years this week, actually, that we've been together and we still split meals. It, it started out of this kind of need of we're paying off our student loans. And so we really don't want to sacrifice everything. Like we don't want to eat ramen noodles every night. But we do want to go out and so we would split meals. And that that has just carried over as as we've you know gotten older and more financially independent. But we also had this goal of 
moving into early retirement. And to, to us, early retirement means only taking on work that we love, not taking on work out of necessity, but doing it because we genuinely love it. And obviously we're both doing that. We're both entrepreneurs doing what we love, but it really gave me this new freedom to only take weddings that really, really kind of fell in line with my beliefs and morals and values and where they were getting married. And by beliefs, morals, and values, I mean like, you know, I, I rarely shoot weddings that have 300 people and it's a big drinking drunk fest. We're, we get very close to our couples. Our couples value family, including our family, whether their family is just, is, you know, the two of them and their dogs or the two of them and a parent, you know, whatever they value family. And so it really gave me this freedom of traveling and living to our highest financial potential to turn down income that really just didn't feel right for me. Again, this could be just a, a real estate photo shoot. And I'm like, no, I just, I just don't have the energy to do a real estate photo shoot, but I'm, I'm going off track, but I did want to just really hit home that this one, especially traveling and living to our highest financial potential has made it really easy for us to make financial decisions, which let's be honest, as an entrepreneur is one of the hardest things to do is to make financial decisions. Whenever we bought this property, we paid a stupid small amount for what we actually got. And now it is appraised for almost four times what we paid for it in only six years. And we knew that that was going to be the case. We knew that land in Colorado was going to be really hard to come by the longer that we waited. And so whenever we bought this property, it we asked, does the, buying this property allow us to live to our highest financial potential? Yeah, absolutely it does. And that was before we were airbnb our home and had this passive income opportunity. Well, one thing that we also do is we plan our trips in advance. And we've just recently started doing this. We do absolutely take very last minute trips, but whenever we plan our trips, say that we like, so we usually go to Moab every year. Moab, Utah is one of our favorite places. In the last couple of years, we've actually been going for a month. So whenever we plan that in advance, it makes making decisions very easy because when somebody contacts me for a photo shoot in March, I can say, nope, I'm actually going to be traveling. When, when, this, when this episode airs, actually, I'm going to be in a camper in Moab. So I'm really excited about that. So it makes making decisions easier. I know that I want to record X amount of podcasts and get X amount of editing done because I'm leaving and going on this trip because it falls under the anchor for us of traveling and living to our highest financial potential. So that is the number one way for you to be start becoming a badass decision maker is to figure out, like I said, your life values and goals and consider those anchors. Now you can have one anchor, you can have five anchors, you can have 80 anchors. I don't recommend 80 anchors, but you do you and you figure out what is important to you that will guide you on making these seemingly large decisions, but they're actually pretty small after you've gone through it and done the decision making. They're actually pretty small. So the second way that you can practice becoming a badass decision maker is by reducing the number of decisions you have to make on a daily basis. So remember that like startling statistic that the average adult makes more than 35,000 decisions in a day. Let's just let that sink in for a second because that is exhausting. That is exhausting. So I want to share with you some of the ways, and this is going to be a very transparent look into my life, but I have reduced the number of decisions that I've had to make in very real and tangible ways. 
So one of the ways I've already told you is um, I practice minimalism. And this is actually spanned throughout my whole life. Like everything that I do is very minimalistic based. I don't enjoy working out. I am not somebody who likes working out. However, I love yoga and I love hiking. And so on days where I think like, "Mm, I might want to work out today. I think, okay, do I want to go on a hike or do I want to go to yoga? There is, I do not do the app thing. I'm not going to scroll through a hundred freaking workouts to try to pick out which trainer I like best, what music I want to work out to. If I want to do kettlebell, if I want to run, if I want to. So when it comes to actually your health, pick one thing, maybe two things that you love and you know that you're just going to go to whenever you need to work out. That's one thing that I have done in my life to reduce the amount of decisions I have to make. Yoga or hiking, which one am I going to do? The next thing, and I don't know if I've shared this with you or not, but I'm actually a vegetarian. And one of the reasons that I'm a vegetarian, like one, it's for the animals and the environment. Yes. But two, I was so sick. I genuinely do not enjoy meal planning. I love cooking. I love going to the grocery store. I hate meal planning. And so every week I dreaded meal planning, which ironically is one thing that I do to also cut out the amount of decisions that I have to make, but that's neither here nor there. But whenever I was meal planning, it was like, okay, do we want steak, hamburger, pork, chicken, fried chicken, do grilled chicken? Do we want shrimp? Do we want salmon? Do we want tilapia? Do we, oh my gosh, the list just went on and on and on. And then whenever we switched to a plant-based meal, suddenly all of our options got a lot simpler. And so switching to a vegetarian meal actually gave me a lot more freedom in what I eat and decision-making. I mean, again, it just eliminated the number of possibilities that I had to focus on. And of course, I'm a vegetarian for a number of reasons, but gosh, that really impacted the amount of real estate that was taken up in my brain of having to meal plan for four people. So that's one way that I have reduced the number of decisions that I have to make on a daily basis. The other thing is I actually have butter coffee every morning for breakfast so that I don't have to think about food. Now, I I, I do have two kids and I do cook for them, but I, I typically prepare a meal, whether it's overnight oats or frozen pancakes, whatever. I usually make a meal for them the night before because I don't want to have to think about that either. If you haven't read Bulletproof, It's one of my favorite books, but Bulletproof Butter Coffee every morning for breakfast. In tandem with that, I also fast 24 hours, one day a week, and 18 hours, three times a week. And this eliminates the amount of meal planning I have to do for myself, but it also gives me a huge amount of energy. I know that sounds kind of like hypocritical, but if you look at the science between fasting and it it does give you more energy and it does allow you to get a lot more done. And for me, it just eliminated having to think about what I wanted for breakfast. When I was a nursing mom, whenever I was nursing my kids, I would literally like try to eat pain off the wall because I was so hungry. And I don't have that crazy disease where you're like out, like when you're pregnant, you're eating dirt from the, from your yard. I was just so hungry and I hated it because as I was eating my first breakfast, not second breakfast, but first breakfast, I was thinking about what I was going to eat for my second breakfast. And then second breakfast came and I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to eat for lunch? And then what am I going to eat for second lunch? And what? And it was just chaos. And so once I was done nursing, my appetite leveled out and went back to normal, but I did not like that. And I do know people who just like to eat a lot during the day, but think about the number of freaking decisions you have to make just for one meal. So 
that was another way health-wise that I really honed in my decision-making so that I could focus on what was important. One thing that sounds really silly, but it was actually a game changer for us, was we've removed house keys. We bought, I think it was like $100 on Amazon. I'll try to find it and put it in the show notes. But we bought this door handle that has a key code. And now we initially got it for Airbnb, but I can't tell you the number of times that I have lost my keys and I cannot wait until I have a car that does not require a key and I can just like look into its soul and it will start for me. But we have removed house keys and that has eliminated again the number of decisions that we have to make. Do I put my keys here? Do I put them there? Did I put them in my purse? Did I leave them in the coat pocket? Did my son put them in the egg carton, which has happened before, and then put it in the refrigerator or did they flush it down the toilet? It's, it just has eliminated so much by not having house keys. Now, more practical things, our bills are all set up on auto pay. I never think about a bill ever. They're always scheduled. I get an alert if like something happened, but I don't have to think about that. Another thing that I do on a more practical level for business is I actually schedule social media posts. I do post live on social media, but I do schedule out a lot of our social media posts because social media is a soul suck. I can't stand social media. I know that it has its purpose and I'm very grateful for what it does provide for entrepreneurs, but scheduling my social media posts has been a game changer as has, is that right? As has been (laughs) hiring a virtual assistant and a podcast assistant to help make decisions for me. Now I have a ton of creative energy. I'm always trying to think of ways that I can create new things and what my next project is. And so it's been really amazing to have two assistants who really help make decisions with me and for me. They know what my my overarching goal is. And so I let them take on some of the smaller decisions so that I don't have to think. Now, this last thing is pretty big and I shared about it on, I'm pretty sure I shared about it. Yeah. On my last podcast episode, I cut out alcohol in 2020 and this was just a personal decision of, you know what, this really isn't serving me. I don't struggle with alcoholism, but I have seen it run in my family and with friends. And I was like, this just isn't serving me. And honest to goodness, it takes up so much mental real estate. Should I have a glass of wine tonight? Should I have it tomorrow? Should I wait till friends come over? Do we have wine at home? Calling my husband and saying, Hey honey, do we have anything to drink? Do we need me to pick up wine? Do we need beer? Do we need mixers? Oh my gosh. It was just so many decisions just over alcohol. And so will this be a permanent thing? I have no idea. I really don't miss alcohol and I love the real estate, like the mental clarity that I have gotten back, not having to think about alcohol. So Those are the ways in a very practical sense that I have eliminated decision makings because, and like, just listen to this, write it down, tattoo it on your forehead, whatever you need to do. When you remove the number of decisions you have to make every day, the bigger ones seem easy. And if not easy, they at least don't seem all that overwhelming. I would highly suggest for the the second way to become a badass decision maker is reduce the number of decisions you have to make on a daily basis. And again, you've seen it and like I just explained in a very broad way of how every area of my life, health, food, alcohol, losing house keys, scheduling social media posts, whatever, you can see how I have started removing the number of decisions that I have to make. 
So the third way that you can practice becoming a badass decision maker is to consider all the possibilities with none other than a pros and cons list. Now, this probably sounds very high schoolish because I actually did this in high school when I was trying to decide if I should quit the soccer team or not. I made a pros and cons list. But when things have gotten really challenging in my entrepreneurial journey, I focus all my energy on a pros and cons list. And one thing that I want to point out is that I actually sit with things. Like I literally sit on the floor on a yoga mat in a chair and sit with them until I feel what is right. Now you might be somebody who really has to like, you, you, you don't trust your emotions. You don't trust that gut feeling. And so you need to see things listed out. That's what the pros and cons list is for. And I just recommend that everybody do it, whether you're a feeler or a left brain thinker, and you just really need to process what actually the repercussions of this decision are. But I like to sit with things and our society has taught us to think from the neck up. But learning and really honing in the skill of learning to think from the neck down is where the magic and really where growth truly happens. Now, some of the decisions that I've had to make just in the last three months were investing over $15,000 into furthering my education, into my photography and coaching business. That is not chump change for anybody. And so I really had to sit and I literally sat with what it would feel like to write a check for $15,000 or for $5,000 or $10,000. What would that feel like to pay somebody else so that I could further my career? And once I sat with it, I was like, that's a no brainer. Yes, I need to do this. But there were also things that really didn't pan out because they didn't feel right. We had looked into renting an apartment in Denver just to have a second home because we were traveling so much in the last year up to Denver for work and personal things and family things. And we were we were really considering getting an apartment in Denver. And my husband actually, we were in Golden, Colorado. And my husband said, okay, go meditate. And when you come back, you need to have an answer. And I was like, oh my gosh, no pressure. But whenever I went into that three hour essentially meditation and nature walk of like, okay, I have to leave with an answer because I was losing sleep over it too. And I left and I said, this isn't, this isn't what we need to do next. This is not the next move for us. So literally all these decisions were in the last like three months and I just had to figure out which way to pivot and, but sitting with all of it, creating a physical pros and cons list, and then sitting with each scenario and kind of envisioning what it would feel like to pull into an apartment in Denver, it didn't feel good because I also envisioned being home on our property, on our 43 acres and going, we have an empty apartment in Denver. Why are we paying this every month? We should probably go to Denver this weekend just so we use it. And I realized, oh my gosh, this is adding so many more decisions to our plate. Like, do we go to Denver? Do we stay home? Do we rent it out to a family member? Do we stay here? Like, do we, do do we keep it open so that we can use it? Do we start taking weddings in Denver, like more weddings in Denver now that we have an apartment? Once I started feeling that stress of having to make so many more decisions, I was like, oh no, we cannot flirt with this. This is an absolute no. I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to have to make extra decisions because of this one decision. It felt so much better to say no. So third way, consider all possibilities with a pros and cons list, and then start practicing thinking and feeling from the neck down. I'm going to go over this once again. The first way to practice being a badass decision maker 
is to create and write down your life values and goals as your anchors for every decision that you're going to make, reducing the number of decisions that you have to make on a daily basis in very practical ways, and consider all the possibilities with a pros and cons list, and then sit with it and feel all the feels from the neck down. Making decisions truly as an entrepreneur is hard isolating and terrifying. As I said before, no one is telling you if you're making the right choice or the wrong choice, but you can become an amazing and more importantly, a confident decision maker when you know what direction you're going in. So if this episode resonated with you on a deep level and you're thinking of a friend who just has to hear it, will you please share it with them? And please feel free to share any of these episodes on your social media accounts, text them to a friend, email them to your mom, whatever. But the number one reason that I'm showing up here and doing this is because I genuinely want to help you and others navigate this crazy world of female entrepreneurship. So please, please, please share away, blast it out to anybody that you think this would be helpful for. And if you're interested in learning more about what I do or how we can work together as as a business coach, visit taylorjones.co to learn more. And if you're a photographer, sign up for that free training on there. I think it's really going to be helpful for you. I can't wait to see you in the next episode. Please leave a feedback, leave a review, get in touch on Instagram. I can't wait to hear from you. Have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day.